Hi, this is your co-host Corbin. And I'm Alan. And this is your guide for Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters Afterlife. So this film has been in talks for quite a while. As many of you know, they did do a 2016 Ghostbusters remake. Alan and I have reviewed that film. Mm -hmm. Our thoughts are linked below. Um, there is a link to all of our Ghostbusters reviewed. We have reviewed all of them. We, we even reviewed an episode of the animated TV show, which was interesting to do. They did that with Men in Black, Bill and Ted. It was kind of a thing back then. But nevertheless, we did talk about in our review for Ghostbusters 2, at the very end of that review, we talked about why Ghostbusters 3 never got off the ground and why eventually they ended up going with a all-female reboot in 2016. That film turned out to be much more controversial <laughs> than I think anybody was going to foresee yeah i, I remember when that came out there was a lot of uh, people when the trailer came out everyone's like what in the world is this it was pretty surprising i mean if you go and look at the box office numbers it did pretty well mm -hmm. but nobody was hankering to make a sequel to that film so ivan reitman's son ivan reitman who wrote and directed the first film his son jason comes on board and he is him and his dad his dad is still on this film um in various capacities they decide to make a direct sequel finally a ghostbusters 3 if you want to call it a direct sequel to the original duology so as far as i could tell this completely ignores the 2016 uh, reboot film and this really is just going to tie back into Mostly the first one, but still, of course, the first and second one. So this movie did get pushed back as a few times, right? A few times. So Ghostbusters was one of those films we were actually supposed to review last year. Uh, of course, COVID-19 pushed it back. It was originally supposed to come out July 10th, 2020, but it was pushed back to March 5th. And then ultimately it didn't come out till... I don't know, just like a week ago, I, by the time you're hearing this, yeah, this is a pretty much a brand new release. Yeah. So we were kind of wondering when we were going to get to see this film. Um, I remember seeing the trailers, like I said, well over a year ago. And honestly, I, I kind of forgot about this movie until yeah. it just kind of popped back up here at the end of the year. Yeah. So one interesting tidbit is that this is the longest Ghostbusters film so far, clocking in at 124 minutes. It is over two hours. Alan, have you seen the IMDb score? I'm I'm honestly kind of shocked. So I did see it uh, before I went and watched it. Um, and I took a look at it. I'm looking at it right now just to see what it if it's changed at all. It hasn't really changed much. I think it maybe went down by 0.1. So it's at a 7.8, I see, which mm -hmm. is really high. Very surprising. Uh, I think when I first saw it, it was maybe at a 7.9, if I want to, if I believe I'm correct. Uh, but it is still surprisingly high, you know, for, I mean, considering what we had uh, last Ghostbusters movie, this is very high. It really is. I mean, yeah, compared to last time, the last film has a 6.5. It's the lowest one. The sequel has a 6.6. .6. As of this recording, it is tied with the original film at, at a 7.8. Wow. It is pretty incredible. Now, once again, this movie did just come out. Right. It, it 22,000, you know, is nothing to snub your nose at no. reviews no. or ratings, I should say. 
But nevertheless, I have a feeling it's going to come down over time. That's what I'm wondering. Uh, it's, I mean, it's been hovering around the score for a little bit. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, if it's going to come down or, you know, when it will come down and how far down it will go because it just released. So it does also have a 3.4 on Letterboxd, the second okay. highest score on Letterboxd with the first one holding a 3.8. This is where things start to, you maybe, I don't know what you want to say, take a turn for the worst. Mm-hmm. It has a meta score of 59. Mm-hmm. That is one point lower than the 2016 reboot, which has a 60. Ooh. So compared to the first, the first one has what a 71 on a meta score? Yeah, it's uh, 71. Uh, um, nowhere, no one else has really come close to touching that. Yeah. Um, this is also a little bit shocking. I think some people will find anyways. Um, I I know a lot of people really do like the 2016 one quite a mm-hmm. bit. It's perfectly fine, fun Ghostbusters movie for them. It's not as controversial as some may say it is. This film has a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. It Ooh. did not get a certified fresh. It barely has a majority of critics giving it the thumbs up. Wow. That's so interesting. So audiences so far seem to really like it and critics not so much. What's the audience score for Rotten Tomatoes? The audience score is actually the highest of the entire franchise at 95%, Whoa. topping the original's 88%. Wow. Okay, so there is a huge divide here from what I'm seeing. <laughs> uh, critics are pretty apathetic toward it, um, and audiences seem to really enjoy it. That's surprising. It, it is surprising. I mean, putting it into a little bit more context, the 2016 one has a 73% certified fresh, 11% higher, right. plus it has that coveted certified fresh badge. So yeah, you're right, Alan. Critics are thinking this is just kind of meh, it's just yeah. okay, but audiences are just loving it. Um, audiences straight out of the theater gave it an A minus, which actually ties it with Ghostbusters 2. Gotcha. Um, it is uh, one point higher than the B plus of 2016. So yeah, people are really liking it. That's so interesting because you know, we have divides every once in a while where you know, it's clear that audiences like it more or critics like it more than the opposite party. This is a pretty big divide. It's very clear that critics are eh toward it and audiences really enjoy it. Yeah, so we don't have final box office numbers since it is still in theaters only mm-hmm. right now. Um, it does have a budget of $75 million, which is a pretty sharp drop from the 2016 144 million. Right. I don't even think that movie needed such a budget. It probably went to the cast for Pete's sake. Yeah. Um, but this budget is much more probably modest in line with what this movie really should have. Um, it was number one at the box office opening weekend. Opening weekend gross of $44 million. Only about $2 million less than 2016. Um, you know, I would say really not bad. It was yeah. it was in 4,300 theaters, which is the biggest release this film has ever had. It's huge. Okay. Um, what else? So what did it go up against when it came out? I'm trying to think of what else was coming out this week. I don't remember there being a whole lot. So it went up against Marvel's Eternals. Okay. Which is in its third week. Um, Last week, it was number one at the box office. Um, Clifford the Big Red Dog clocked in at number three uh, in its second week. Now, that is also streaming on Paramount+. Plus, Right. So I know some people are watching that from home, not going out to the theaters. Um, The only other movie to open up against this is King Richard. 
Oh, yeah. Um, the Will Smith movie about the true story, the Venus and Serena Williams tennis stars about their father. That is also streaming on HBO Max, which I think is a big reason why it opened at $5.4 million, a very low opening, even though it was in 3,300 theaters. I have actually seen King Richard. I give it a pretty solid recommend. So if you're mm-hmm. looking for something else to watch this weekend, definitely check that one out. Gotcha. Um, Dune is still in the top five, <laughs> holding strong with only $3 million, pretty low. Okay. Um, it, it did jump all the way down from three to five. Um, I think this is also kind of a big shock. Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I know we've talked about that one a yeah. couple weeks ago. Yeah. I know that one's supposed to be a surprise hit. It's a surprise hit. Know. It's been out for two months. That's ridiculous. Number six at the box office. And even No Time to Die, which has been out for seven weeks, mm-hmm. is still coming in at number seven. I mean, last week it was number four. So right. that's significant, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good that it came out number one. Uh, it seemed, I know Eternals has been rather controversial for <laughs> a Marvel film. Um, so I guess it had a little bit of competition because, I mean, they did go up against Marvel. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not, um, I guess, not enough to have their film be beat out by Marvel that it already been in, you know, from the previous week. So, so far, it's looking pretty good. Um, I'm wondering to see what its total gross is going to be. We've noticed with Dune and honestly, other films just in general, uh, with a few exceptions, have been pretty low with their box office returns because it's either streaming on a different platform um, or it's also, you know, COVID time, so mm-hmm. not as many people are willing to go to the theater. That's like, true. For example, Dune has not made a bunch, a bunch of money back, mm-hmm. even though it's very highly rated. Whereas the exception, of course, is Vin that there be carnage, which is <laughs> for whatever reason gone nuts in the box office. So it really has. Yeah, I'm yeah. curious to see what the final numbers are going to be when it ends up leaving the box office. But forty, almost forty-eight million dollars opening weekend is not too bad. Yeah. So. Worldwide so far at this point, it's grossed 63.8 million. Okay. Really not bad for just being open for a week. And I mean, this listeners, this franchise really is huge, including the numbers from this movie so far. The entire franchise has grossed over $800 million. And remember, the first two movies were released, at least the first one was released in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these, these are not uh, adjusted for inflation. Some of those original numbers, but uh, I don't think it. I don't think it's going to cross a billion. I don't think it's going to hit a billion. Um, it would have to earn. Well, I don't think it is because it would have to earn at least two hundred thousand dollars. Right. Keeping in line, all of these movies gross roughly a quarter of a billion at the box office. So I'm expecting it to probably do around there. Right. Yeah. We can hope that it it gets to the one billion spot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. I think you're right. It's pretty much not going to happen. That is true. All right. Thanks for joining me, Alan. I'll see you on Monday. Sure thing. Thank you, listeners, for coming along with me as I've been your guide to the production and impact of this film. Now that you have your guide to Ghostbusters Afterlife, make sure to subscribe to the podcast for Alan and I's full review coming next Monday. And tune in the week after as we go back to the future with Terminator The Sarah Connor Chronicles. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. 
Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.